Well, it's good to be uh, Green Pines Baptist Church. I thank Pastor Jared so much for allowing me to, uh, you know, to come back. I can't believe it's been 11 years since I was interim pastor here, and I just bring you greetings from my family. My wife and I have been married 22, will be 22 years here in just a couple of months, and uh, we have a 17-year-old daughter, Hannah. When we were here, she was about five years of age, six years of age. She's 17. And she just loves the Lord and is a strong witness for her uh, for the Lord there in the high school where we where she uh, goes. And my son Bryant, uh, he is um, 15, and then Layton is 14, and he's going to be the tall one of the four she's. That means he'll be about five seven. Amen. You know, so he's going to be real real tall. But anyhow, we are just God's just blessing us, blessing our family. We are. Um, uh, goodness, you know, I, I told the the first service at nine o'clock. It seems that I'm. You know, I've tried to, to teach and be an evangelist and that sort of thing, but God just keeps pulling me back to the local church, and I just love the local church, and I love being a pastor again, the First Baptist Church there in Lavaca, Arkansas. But um, I do bring you greetings from my family. I know they would love to have been here. Of course, they're in school all next uh, all next week. Uh, but Brother Jared, thank you again for allowing me to, to come, and I'm just looking forward to, you know, to being with you this week, and hopefully God just really uses me to challenge you to speak the Word of God to you. And that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be, each night, I'm going to be just preaching uh, from the sacred text. You know, you just cannot improve upon the Word of God. And so, men of God, I think that is our sacred task, to just stand behind the sacred desk and to preach and to preach His Word. And so, uh, uh, Dr. Rooker, I saw you come in uh, a minute ago. Where are you? I, I saw you. There you are. It's good to see you. He teaches Old Testament there at the seminary. And I'm glad I'm not in Genesis, uh, Brother uh, Jared. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm in the New Testament. But no, I... I love him and his family. He's a great, great man of God. And um, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me to the book of Acts. I'll be preaching today and tonight uh, from the book of Acts and, I don't know, maybe preaching some more from it this week. I have been studying the book of Acts in-depthly over the last few weeks and months as I'm preaching uh, verse by verse uh, through the, uh, the book of Genesis, really, in the, um, in the early church. This is the book of Genesis, the inception of the early church, its movement, and how God just richly poured His Spirit out upon this nascent body of believers there. And so what a, what a great privilege it is uh, here at the homecoming at Green Pines Baptist Church to go and, and study the Word of God, to study that first church there uh, at Jerusalem. Now, Brother Jared said something very, very true a moment ago. I do like uh, participation. Now, in Arkansas, they just talk back to you. You know, I mean, you, know, they, you, you say something they like, they'll just say, well... Well, amen, you know, or preach it or something like that. And sometimes they've even been known to break out and start clapping. And, well, I just like that, you know. I just I appreciate it. So I'm going to help you all a little bit as we go along. If I feel like you all are slacking off a little bit or getting a little sleepy, I don't know, I may just come down here and do something like this. Say, amen, Brother Danny. That's a good word. They'll preach. See, just go something like that. It's, it's real painless, innocuous. You know, you can, you can do that. But, no, I do just love the Lord. I love, you know, preaching His Word and... And I love preaching here at Green Pines because I know you guys just resonate uh, with the text. You love the Lord. And I just commend you for 38 wonderful years. And could it be that, uh, that your best years are still in the future? Right. That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Okay, here we are in the book of Acts, chapter 1. I'll begin reading uh, in verse 1. And we'll read the prologue this morning, verses 1 through 3. As Luke, the good doctor, the good physician, first-rate historian that he is, records for us uh, the activities, the actions of the early church. Let's read it. The former account I made, 
O Theophilus. Now, the former account would be uh, the Gospel of Luke. And Theophilus, um, if you look at the etymology of his word, the Theos is God and Philo is love. His name literally means a lover of God. I believe this is a high-ranking Roman official. And one of two things, Luke has led this man to Christ and now he is discipling him and sharing with him the life and the ministry of Christ. Or it could be someone that Luke is witnessing to. And now he has presented the gospel of Luke as we know it. And now he's going to present the, the book of the, of the early church, the Acts of the Apostles. So he says, Mr. Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do uh, and to teach, all that Jesus did, his activities, his actions, and all that Christ taught, those wonderful parables and sermons and those messages. And so you have his, uh, his words as well as his, his actions. Until the day, in verse 2 it says, until that day in which he, the antecedent for he, is Christ, until Jesus Christ was taken up. Now that is a wonderful reference to what, we're going to, what you'll see later on in the, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, is known as the ascension. So he's talking about the activities of Christ and now the ascension of Christ. Until the day... He was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. To whom, the antecedent for whom would be the apostles, to those apostles he also, in the early church, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many, tekmerion is the word there, infallible, unmistakable proofs or evidences being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. It was May the 17th, 1987, uh, just a couple years before the desert storm war that we had and continue to have in Iraq. There was an F-1 Iraqi Mirage fighter plane. And that plane set its sights on the USS Stark, which was a ship patrolling there in the Persian Gulf. And that um, Iraqi plane fired a missile, and in fact fired two missiles, and they both hit their target right above the water line in the hull there in the ship of the USS Stark. And it created a 10-foot size diameter gaping hole there within the size side of the ship. 37 American soldiers lost their lives. Well... Uh, the Department of Defense issued an internal investigation, and what they found out really uh, shocked them and to dismayed them. What they found out was there was supposed to be an electronic warfare operator who was in the nerve center of the ship, and it's his responsibility, and this is all really his responsibility, is to look at the radar screen. And whenever there was incoming hostile enemy fire or missiles or whatever, then he was supposed to sound the alarm. But for some reason, he did not sound the alarm. And the internal investigation revealed, and they inquired of him, they investigated him, they said, why did you not sound the alarm? We could have diverted the missile attack. We could have saved 37 lives. He said, well, I'm sorry, but I turned it off. <laughs> he said, I, I, I just got tired of hearing it going off, uh, false alarms. And so I said, I'll just, I'll just turn it off and I won't, have to, I won't have to worry about it. You know, and I thought about him and I thought about us today in the church of Jesus Christ. And I read 
Luke and his passion. And he is saying, listen, Christ has called us as, as his ambassadors, just as he called the apostles in the early church to, to receive the message, you know, to hear the, the dispatch, the holy clarion call that Jesus Christ is alive. Mm, no, listen, the title of my sermon today is Jesus is Amazing. And he is so amazing and he is so incredible and he's so incomparable that he has given to us what we call the gospel. And Green Pines Baptist Church for 38 years, God has been giving you the gospel to, to share, not to hoard it to yourself, not to keep it to yourself, but to broadcast it. And I wonder how many times, and I know I'm guilty like you, but how many times do we turn off the signal or we deny the clarion call? Uh, we avoid the, the ambassadors that they, they come to us and encourage us and motivate us to go and preach the gospel. Mm, I tell you, last night I got in and got into my hotel and, and there was a guy behind the, the counter there and he checked me in and there was nobody around us. And boy, God just gave me a great opportunity. Uh, to show, you said, Brother Danny, you didn't witness to that boy now, did you? I mean, you're not going to talk about Christ. Well, why, why not? Listen, guys, we have a clarion call, a message from heaven itself that Christ died, He was buried, God raised Him from the dead, He ascended back to the Father, and He has left us with this message. Oh, I forgot to share this with the early service. So y'all going to get the full brunt, Brother Tony. Okay, here it comes. There's, a, there's an apocryphal story. It's a mythical story. It goes something like this, but it holds a powerful message. It said, after Christ died and ascended back to the Father, an angel approached Jesus and said, what an amazing thing you have done. You are truly, you are the Lord, the Messiah. And, and you have given this amazing task, this, this gospel message. And, and how will the message of the gospel be broadcast to the nations? And Jesus told the angel, he said, well, it's very simple. I took 12 men and I poured my life into those men for three and a half years. And I've given them the prodigious task of taking this message of my death and burial and resurrection and sharing it with their neighbors and sharing it with the nations. And the angel looked perplexed. He said, but oh, Christ, what other plan do you have? I mean, 12 ragtag men, fishermen, tax collectors. Well, what's plan B? And Jesus said, I don't have a plan B. You know what, guys? In our generation, we're plan A and we're all that the Lord has. We are His church. We are His ambassadors. And we are the ones that go and tell them. Oh, don't you all like that little phrase? We tell our neighbors and we tell the nations. And I was witnessing to that guy last night and he dumbed on me. He is as old as my daughter. And I thought, my word, I'm getting older. Got the snow on the mountain this morning. You know what I'm saying? I'm just getting, just getting a little older, you know, and uh, hopefully we're getting a little wiser. But let's get into the Word of God today. I just can't wait to preach this message. And it's simply a gospel message. And hopefully God will use it to encourage Green Pines to be a radiant church. And that, that is my goal for the church that I serve now as a pastor. Uh, our desire is to be a radiant church uh, that, that shines upward in our worship, inward in the discipleship and teaching of the Word of God. And somebody help me. Outward in missions and evangelism. Well, as I read this text to you today, there's just so many wonderful things. I don't really have time to do it full justice. Beginning in verse 1, though, the former account, we talked about that, the Gospel of Luke, that I taught to you, Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, his activities or his actions. And when you study the life of Christ, you will agree with me that he is incomparable. There is no one uh, who can be compared to him. He is the Lord. He is the Messiah. 
He is the one that when I was 19 years of age, I, I met Christ and He radically changed my life. His, his life, His message, His teachings, all wrapped up there in verse 1. Look at verse 2. Until the day on which He was taken up. And that is the word ascension. And that is one of the bedrock fundamental truths of our faith. That after Christ lived here on this earth, and after He died a vicarious, substitutionary death, and they placed Him in a borrowed tomb, the Bible says, glory to God, up from the grave He arose. And a mighty victorious resurrection it was. And then, look look at this, for 40 days. A lot of times we forget about that, don't we? We have Christ coming out of the tomb, and we have Him ascending back to the Father. But Luke says, no, for 40 days... Christ, He ministered to, primarily, to the apostles. And that's where I want to begin today. Number one, Jesus is amazing, and I see it manifested, number one, in His apostles. And that's what it says there uh, in, in verse 2. Until the day He was taken up, after He, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to uh, the apostles. You say, well, Brother Danny, what were those commandments? Thank you so much for asking me. I just knew you were right. I knew you were thinking it. And so I just appreciate you asking me. That. What were the commandments uh, that Christ gave to the apostles then? And, and could it be that he's given us those same missionary um, imperatives and mandates and commandments? Well, it's all throughout the Bible. It's all in the Old Testament, but it's especially in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And to basically just summarize it, recapitulate it, it would be like this. Go... And preach the gospel. Go and make disciples of all the nations. You see, God is sending a dispatch. He is sending a, a message to us, a, a clarion call. Go and, and preach the gospel. Don't, don't turn it out. Don't get preoccupied. Don't get lazy. Don't get busy. Don't say, Lord, well, I got other things I got to do. No, no, no. You don't have anything more important, more preeminent, and more paramount to do than to tell somebody that Jesus Christ is alive. Man, that's my passion. Man, that is my, that is my heartbeat. Oh, Brother Dan, you ain't changed a bit. You just all rah, rah, rah. Get excited. Praise God. Is there anything you'd rather be more excited about than Jesus Christ? Let me, let me tell you something, friend. He saves. He is awesome. He is Amazing. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. He is amazing. And you know, we are His apostles today. So, well, brother, my name's not Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Thaddeus. I'm not any of those. I know that. But there is an apostolic dimension to us today. We are, you know what ap- apostle, it's the Greek word ap- apostolos. It literally means those who are sent. And that is, that's us. Uh, we are not, well, there is no plan B, C, D, E, F, G. We, we are plan A. In our generation, Green Pines Baptist Church in Nightdale, North Carolina, Almighty God is commissioning you. He has given you the very commandments that He gave to, to the apostles. Mm, look at this. Whom He had chosen. Oh, I love this word here. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me. You all right today? You did not choose me. Jesus said, I chose you, I appointed you, that you would go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give you. Now, I know some of you are called vocationally. I like Dr. Rooker to train pastors and missionaries. Some of you are called vocationally, like Pastor Jared. 
and like me as an evangelist and as a preacher. And by, by the way, I just love your pastor. You know what? I mean, you, you guys got a good one. A good one. I mean, you, you really did. Jared loves the Lord. He loves Julie, his wife. Well, we had dinner last night. We just had such a good time. Precious, beautiful family. Man, he'll witness to people. He'll talk to people about Christ. He loves this church. He invites people to this church. He loves the Lord. He loves his wife and not your wife. Amen. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a good thing. Hey, let, me, let me tell you something, guys. This is a day of, of, of loose morals in the pulpit. And pastors, you know, say, well, you know, it's just this and that. Well, let me tell you something. You got a man of God that loves you and loves the Lord and loves his family. I think maybe y'all just thank him this morning. Amen. 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 I like that guy. I do. I knew I like him. I appreciate him. I appreciate his boldness and his... Look here. God has chosen us. Some of us vocationally, all of us collectively. He has given us commandments to preach the gospel. There are a group of guys right now that, you know, CNN or ABC, no, nobody really going to tell you what I'm about to tell you. There is a group, really an apostolic band of believers in the country of Chad, Africa. Now, Chad, I believe, is the most difficult and desolate place I've ever been to in my life. And God's allowed me to travel almost all over this world. But Chad is right there in north-central Africa, 99-point-something Islam. And we have some of our finest soldiers in that field. I, I can't even mention their name. They don't want me to mention their name publicly for security reasons. But he's a medical doctor, and his family have poured their lives. They represent the International Mission Board. They represent Southern Baptists. But most of all, they represent our Lord. And this doctor sent me this message not long ago, told me about Shamu. That's his name. Shamu is his code name, all right? Shamu is like the Apostle Paul. It is amazing. I mean, the miracles, the witnessing, the gospel penetrating this lost, dark, decadent world. And, and Shamu is out there. Listen to this guy. He went on a camel track. And he took a band of believers, just like something you'd read out of the book of Acts, and they've gone all throughout the country of Chad in these dark places of Islam. Where I mean, it is, it is demonic. I want to tell you something, guys. I've been there, and it is dark. I remember going into this village, and one of the witch doctors there was looking at me, and I was looking at her. We didn't get along. You know what I'm saying? We, we represented two totally different entities. And I, I'm telling you, there were fireworks going on. And let me tell you, Shamu is out in those little villages, and he's sharing the gospel. And the email came back. They had six ladies... Pray to receive Christ, and they're about to go swimming. You know what I'm saying? Swimming. That's a good word. I baptized so. Amen. They've got 30, listen, in one village, 30 who are saying, talk to us. We know there's more than what we're experiencing in our religion. Our religion is a religion of works. It is a religion of difficulty. Would you tell us more about, tell us, tell us more about him. What do you mean he took my sins? What do you mean I can be forgiven? I don't have to walk around with this boulder of guilt. What do you mean that when I die, I know, I can know for sure that when I die, I'll be in paradise in heaven with Almighty God. Please tell me more. Oh, let me tell you something, guys. That's the message. The apostles, the apostolic missionary message is green pines being a, a greenhouse, a lighthouse, a radiant blast of hope for North Carolina. Woo! Glory to God. I'm getting excited. 
I tell you, I'm just about to get excited. Think about this church. And God is just bringing my word, Brother Jared. I ain't never seen so much homes in all my life. I tell you, we lived here 11 years ago. I couldn't even find my house last night. I got lost. I, I got looking at Lowe's and Home Depot and what's this restaurant and what? And I about had a, I about had a, Jared I said, Wait, I couldn't even find my house. We finally found it. And it's brought back so many wonderful memories. Let me tell you something, guys. God has so pristinely positioned you to be a lighthouse here. You, let me tell you something, you are it. You're it. You are his, you are his apostles today. And I hope that you'll just blossom where he's planted you. Okay, number two. Christ, I see him. He is amazing. In his actions, his activities, his ascension. And I see it here in his apostles. But look, look number two, at his accessibility. In verse three, it says, To whom, these apostles, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Jesus is accessible. It just makes sense, does it not? If he gives us such a prodigious task, go and preach the gospel, Green Pines, to all of Nightdale, to all of North Carolina, all of America, to the ends of the earth. Don't you think if God gives such a large assignment that he will commensurate with that, also give you mm, the good word? Don't you think he'll give you the power, the energy, and the ability to do it? He's not going to ask you to do something. He's going to say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not available. I'm not accessible. I'm not going to help you get through this. No. Now, I know in the early church, after he arose from the dead and before he ascended, he was literally, bodily, viscerally accessible. Okay? And teaching them and helping them and molding them and shaping them. But today, mm, listen... He is equally, dynamically accessible and available to you and me. Ooh, listen to this. Through the power. Ooh, this is a good word. Listen to this. Through the power of the Spirit of God and the Word of God. We're not, we're not orphans. We're not left alone. God is equipping us. God is sharing with us. You, listen, you have all that you need to accomplish the task that I've given you. His accessibility. There are three little phrases in verse 3 that, boy, just captured my heart a few weeks ago when I first was studying this. Look at this. To whom he presented himself alive. Are you with me? Not dead, not comatose, not sleeping. He presented himself very much alive. Aren't you glad today I serve a risen Savior? He's in the world today. I know that he is living no matter what men may say, I, I was preaching Easter just a few weeks ago and I said, you know what? I know Jesus is alive because the tomb is empty and my heart is full. Very much alive. The two men on the road to Emmaus, for example, Luke 24, 32 says, and they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while He, Jesus, talked with us on the road, and while He opened the Scriptures to us, He is alive, He is accessible, He is available, He is empowering them. Oh, listen to this next phrase. Look, look at verse 3, guys. This is so good. He presented Himself alive. Now watch this little prepositional phrase here. Oh, just, just, I mean this little phrase is theologically pregnant. You, you know what I'm saying? It's just full. Look at it. After His suffering. Can we stop there for just a moment? I hope it never gets passe and mundane 
to you. That he suffered. You know, Muhammad didn't suffer for you, okay? And neither did the Buddha, and neither did Joseph. Nobody suffered for the sins of the world like Jesus. He, the Bible says, who knew no sin, became sin for me, that I might become the righteousness of God. His suffering, his passion, Luke is referring to his passion. After his suffering, listen, the disciples needed to see that he was alive. They had seen him writhe in agony on the cross. They had seen him betrayed and had his mock trial with Annas and Caiaphas. And they'd seen the, the crown of thorns that embedded his brow. And, and they'd seen him impaled on that stick of wood outside the gates of Jerusalem with those spikes in his wrist and in his feet and, and the centurion piercing his side. Let me tell you something, friend. Jesus Christ suffered. He really suffered and died. And that little prepositional phrase... Luke says, after he suffered. It was January the 19th this year, just a few weeks ago, a few months ago. William Bronner Burgess was his name. Uh, he was the son of Rick Burgess. I don't know if y'all have listened to the Rick and Bubba show. I, I can't say that I've listened to them on the radio, but they say they're hilarious. They're these two Christian comedians, and they're broadcast all over the United States. That's what they do for a living. They are Christian you know, comedians on the country station shows with their radio program. Well, anyhow, William Bronner Burgess is the two-and-a-half-year-old son of Rick. He slips out the back door, unbeknownst to his mom and to his siblings. And little William Bronner Burgess goes into the backyard. He slips. He falls into the pool. And 30 minutes later, his mom finds him face down at the bottom of the pool. They told the dad, they told Rick, and Rick sobbed, he wept. But almost immediately he says, I will preach my son's funeral. And he did. Shades Mountain Baptist Church, one of our great Southern Baptist churches there in Birmingham. I went on YouTube. Now, you know, these tubes and all these things, they can be used for evil, but sometimes they can be used for good. And I watched 30 minutes, and I cried, I wept. And I watched this man. He's not a preacher like you, Brother Jared. I'm a great communicator like you. He, he, he is a radio broadcast guy. He's a comedian. But he got up. He is a follower of Christ. And he said, I don't hold any animosity or hostility to my Lord. I don't understand what has happened. But I'm just going to trust God. And there was a guy that came up to him during the visitation. On the night before the very funeral, this man walked up to him and he said, Rick, I just want you to know, Man, I am watching you. I'm watching your life. And I'm watching your precious wife. Y'all are hurt. You're shattered. You're devastated. But you're not mad at God. You're not, you're, you, you, you don't blame God. You're just trusting God. And he said, I, I've watched you. And I went to my office today. I shared the gospel with three of my colleagues. And all three of them got saved. And he said, I, because of y'all's witness and your testimony. And Rick Burgess got up. Boy, he just preached. He preached Christ. And he made a statement. And I want to give it to you, and I think this is going to bless you. This is what he said. He said, people all the time now are going to ask me, why? Why did God let your son die? You know, it's the age-old theological question of theodicy. How? You, you can fill it in, can't you? How can a good God, what? Let bad things happen. 
You know, Larry King asked Billy Graham this not long ago. And Billy Graham says, I got a great answer for you, Mr. King. I don't know. That's the answer. We, we don't know. Our limited, finite minds can't figure it out. Oh, but listen to what Rick said, though. Rick Burgess said this. People ask, how, why would he let your child suffer? And this is what he said. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lived a perfect life. And he was treated in a horrible way. I mean, they plucked his beard. They, they slapped him on the face and they, they crucified him. They killed the, the Lord of glory. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. God raised him from the dead. He ascended to the Father. God has gone on record that he loves us. Man, ain't that good. No, God really does love us. He, he's already proved that he loves us. And suffering and pain and difficulty are a part of this world. And I love what Luke said. Jesus presented himself very much alive after he had suffered. Can I just tell you again today, God loves you so much that he suffered for you. For your eternal salvation. But we'll listen to this last phrase here under his accessibility. Look at this. By many, not, not a few, by many infallible Evidences. Take Marion. That word means a token as a fact, a criterion of certainty. Jesus told Thomas, remember this in John 20, 27. He said, Thomas, reach your finger and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Are you all okay? Take Marion. Evidences. Infallible proofs. Do not be unbelieving, Thomas, but be believing. In John chapter 21, Jesus cooks breakfast for the disciples. Y'all all right? Post-resurrection. Luke says, let me tell you guys, by many infallible, unmistakable evidences. He, he did these things. Listen, listen, listen. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul said Christ was seen by Cephas, by Peter, by the twelve. By me. And then in verse 6 of, of that great resurrection chapter, he said, He was seen by, look at this, 500 of the brethren. And, and Luke is saying, Theophilus, are you listening to me? Christ is amazing. I see it in his actions, his activities, his teachings, his parables, his miracles. I see it in his vicarious death and his suffering and his resurrection and his ascension. And Theophilus, if you look, you see that he's amazing in his very apostles. We believe. We've taken the message of the gospel and we don't keep it to ourselves, but we broadcast it. The radar, it comes on my radar screen instead of ignoring it, instead of avoiding it, instead of saying, God, I'm not available. God, I'm busy. No, I embrace it, God. And I can say, Theophilus, are you listening to me? He is amazing because he is so accessible and he, he is available to us. And all we have to do is to call out to him and look at him and he will, he will empower us. He will energize us. He will give us all that we need to be all that He's called us to be. Hallelujah. What a Savior. John 20, 29 says, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Y'all know what's coming next? Blessed are those who what? Who have not seen, and yet you still believe. You know, I'm finding... Goodness, I'm 43 now. And I'm finding that the more time you know, I spend with Him, I realize just how accessible He is. 
and, and the more time I spend with Christ and fellowship with Him, here's a hard statement, I want you to hear it though. The more Jesus is on my mind, the more He comes out of my mouth. And the reason, some of you here today, you like your joy and you like your peace, where's the victory of the Christian life? I just got to ask you, when's the last time you spent time with Him? Listen, you, you can't spend time with Him and not be incredibly amazed. And just look at His life and His passion and His victory and His joy. And you, you'll take it from there and, and you'll just go and, and, and you'll just broadcast. You'll win. I was sharing with the lady on the airplane yesterday from Burma. Burma. I, could, I didn't even remember where that was. I had to get a mouth out. And I said, where's Burma? And she showed me. I said, William Carey. William Carey served seven years in Burma without one convert. And this lady told me, she said, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I said, well, hallelujah. I was, about to wait. I, mean, I, was about to, I was. I was talking to her about the Lord. She said, I'm a follower of Christ. And she said, I love to tell Mr. Carey today, look at me. Look at me. It wasn't seven years in vain. Here I am and my family and my granddaddy is a pastor. She told me that. Jesus He's amazing, guys. He's so amazing that He loves you today. He wants to save those of you that are lost, that you are just bent on going to hell. He wants to rescue you. He wants to deliver you. And those of us that are saved, oh, listen. Man, He wants us to broadcast it, to tell the neighbors, the nations, hallelujah, He's the Savior. i got one more thing I want to share with you. Then we'll go eat, amen? Is that good? We'll go eat all this good food we got for, for today. He says in verse 3 that to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, evidences, being seen by them, here here it is, 40 days. And he spoke to them, speaking to them of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The last thing I want to share with you today is Jesus is amazing because of his advancing kingdom. When you hear those words, the Greek word basileia, the the kingdom of God, what images are conjured up in your mind's eye? What, what What do you think of? Just think with me out loud for just a moment. The kingdom of God. Listen, guys, 40 days. That's what the Lord spoke to them about. You say, how do you know, Brother Dan? That's what the book says. Luke said for 40 days he preached. I believe he reiterated what he already preached. Listen, Mark 1.15. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Matthew 6.10 Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Y'all help me with this one. You can fill it in. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the... Thank you. The kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Mark 14.25 Assuredly I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine... Until that day that I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Luke 9, 2, Jesus sent the twelve to preach and heal the sick, but to preach the kingdom of God. Luke 17, 21, ooh, it's one of my favorites. Listen, listen. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is within you. Then Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, that the unrighteous will not enter the kingdom of God. Which, and I'm just going to try to summarize just in, in, in two or three basic statements, what I think Christ was sharing with them that day, or those 40 days, about His reign, His rule, His kingdom. Number one, oh, listen to this. Woo-hoo. His kingdom has come in the appearance of the King. Listen, 
a kingdom without a king is just dumb. You know what I'm saying? The kingdom, the kingdom, listen, when Galatians 4, 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, born of the Virgin Mary. And there, that radiant blast of hope and light and joy has penetrated our ugly night of darkness and the kingdom of God has come to this earth. The kingdom has come. Well, listen to this next statement. His kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is the righteous rule of God. One more statement. The kingdom of God is now... You still with me? But it's not yet. You see, I still believe there's coming a day when Christ comes again and He reigns. Revelation 20 calls it the millennial reign. He reigns a thousand years here on planet Earth from Jerusalem. And I'm just anticipating the day when the King comes again and He reigns royally, regally, victoriously. Let me just tell you something. I know it's a tough world in which we live. And I know it looks like the devil is winning. And I know what television says. And I know what the internet says. And I know what the radio says. And I know what the devil says. I'm telling you, Christ is amazing. He's still on the throne. He's still God. And one day, glory to God, He's coming again. He's coming for us. And this is the message. This is the heart. This is the passion of Luke. And he's saying, guys, His kingdom, it is now. And yet, it is coming 40 days Y'all ever seen that? It's like I never read that before. Forty days he spoke to them pertaining to the kingdom of God. I love F.F. Bruce, the noted biblical scholar, theologian. This is what he said. Stay with me now. He gets kind of deep, but we're going to get it. At Christ's first coming, the age to come invaded the present age. I like that. At his coming in glory... The age to come will have altogether superseded this present age. Between the two comings, the two ages overlap. Okay. The people of Christ live temporarily in this present age, while spiritually we belong to the heavenly kingdom. And, I love this next phrase, and we enjoy by anticipation the life of the age to come. End of quote. Now I've got to make a statement. It's, it's going to hurt some of you. It's going to make some of you upset. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyhow. All right? I guess if you get too mad at me, you can just talk to Brother Jared. But anyhow, <clears throat> I'm only here for a week, but, but I'm, I'm just going to share this with you. Now I'm serious. I'm smiling on the outside, but some of you are going to take this to heart. And it, it, God's, going to, God's going to pierce you with this word. I don't have many original words, but here's one of them. Here it comes. There are two kingdoms operative in the world today. The Basileia, the reign, the rule, the kingdom of God. And the other kingdom, the Bible would say, is the kingdom of darkness. Of the evil one. Now here's my statement. Everything you do and everything you say advances one kingdom. Or the other. Everything. Listen, if you know Christ, you are His ambassador. You must be careful where you go, what you say, 
how you live, how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband, how you treat your pastor, how you treat your church, how you treat your neighbor. Everything we do is promoting and blessing and advancing one kingdom or the other. C.S. Lewis' wonderful work, The Chronicles of Narnia. Um, Oh, by the way, it's coming in two weeks. Prince Caspian is in the house. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait. I go to their website. It's got a countdown. Five months, 40 days, five hours, 10 minutes. I mean, really, you go to their countdown. And I'm just like, yes, I can't wait. The line, the witch in the wardrobe, that, the Chronicles of Narnia, the trilogy. We've already seen the first one. If you saw the first one, would you just raise your hand? I'm just, I'm just curious. Okay, good. That most of you. ABC showed it last night, interesting enough. There's a lion. His name is Aslan. Y'all okay? I mean, it is very obvious, very conspicuous that Aslan represents Jesus Christ. It's obvious, especially as he lays down his life and comes back from the dead. I had some other friends who were missionaries in Chad. They're no longer there, so I can tell you what their names are. Jack and Kim Furman. Um, Kim was a uh, elementary education major at Virginia Tech University, and Jack was a uh, aeronautical engineer at Embry Riddle in Florida. They, they poured their life into Chad. They're no longer on the mission field; they've come off the field. But Kim would write me these emails. I was her pastor in Virginia, and she would write me these emails and just tell me these prayer requests and. And she oh, Pastor Danny, it's so hard. I, I can't tell you how difficult it is. The darkness would be so real. It's almost like you could just reach out and touch it. But I just want you to know, this, this is what she told me. Oh, I love this word. This, this is what she said. She said, but Oslin is on the move. He's on the move. And I love that. It's like he, Jesus is alive. And even though it is dark, and even though it is very distressing and depressing, and I find myself downtrodden, I find myself in despair, all i got to do is look back to the book and see that Christ has conquered death. I mean, He is alive, He is reigning, He is ruling. And one day, glory to God, he, He's coming again. And I just hope today, I really do, Green Pines, I hope today that you're encouraged by that. Because I don't know where you are, and I don't know what you're dealing with, and I don't know what, what struggles you have. It may be physical or, or emotional or in your family or in your finances. I, I don't know, but, but this much I know. God, He's amazing. Did y'all know 100,000 people every day are being saved worldwide? 10,000 of those alone in China. And I know we don't see that as much here in America uh, that's why I think sometimes I just love going overseas. Because I witness a lot here in America, and they're like, oh, I've heard all that, I'm not interested in that. Man, you go overseas, and man, they're like, what? Come, come, come again? Would you tell me that one more time? And man, they get, they get saved. It just makes me want to get up a posse and go. You know what I'm saying? Just, just head on out there. Well, guys, I, I love you. I'm looking forward to preaching more to you tonight and this week. And I'll make a promise with you before we have our invitation. You ready? If y'all will come, I'll come. How's that? Okay, if y'all got the time, I've got the time. I tell you, I'm one of the most busy little people you ever met. I know you're busy, but I've etched out on my calendar for a year now. I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to give you my unequivocal best to be here this week and preach the Word of God to you. Are you here today and you say, Brother Danny, 
Okay. <laughs> Rhetorical question there. Uh, think about this question. Would you say, you know, I don't know if anybody else did, but I, but I needed it. I needed to be reminded just how amazing Jesus is and how accessible He is. And I am a part of the victory and, and His kingdom is advancing. And, and I just, I don't know. Maybe today I just want to tell Him. I want to tell Him again just how much I love Him and how much I appreciate Him. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you pray with me? I want to, we want to have our invitation. I want to lead you in a prayer and... I just pray for you right now that God would just prepare your heart. Maybe you're here today and you need a church home. God would lead you to Green Pines. Maybe God's calling you to the mission field or God's calling you to, I don't know, maybe just to a deeper walk, a walk of holiness and righteousness. Whatever your decision is, I want to pray for you in a moment that God would just really, I mean really galvanize that decision in your heart. But you know, you may be here today and you say, Brother Danny, I'm not even saved. I... You know, all your excitement and enthusiasm about the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the Lord, I I tell you, I'm just not there. Would you like to be there? Would you today be willing to confess your sins to God and ask for forgiveness? Let me tell you something, friend. There is nothing that God would want to do more than to embrace you into His kingdom and into His family this morning. And listen, before I go any further, I just want you to know that God loves you. Christ died for your sins. He arose from the dead. He's coming again in victory. And I want to encourage you today to know Him as your friend instead of waiting to know Him as your judge. So if you're ready, you want to pray to receive Christ and be saved, and I want you to pray with me. In fact, I'll lead you in this prayer. You, you can just pray quietly and inaudibly and in your heart and in your spirit. And I'll just be loud. I'll just pray it out loud. How about that? And you just repeat the words after the preacher. But listen, it's not a magical potion kind of thing. No, it is a repentance and a commitment of your heart. So I'm, this, this preacher, I'm, right now, I'm going to pray out loud and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Okay, here we go. Dear God in heaven, I know that I've sinned against you. I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. Jesus, you are amazing. And I invite you into my heart this very day. Please save me. I turn from my sins. So tell him, just, you just tell him in your own words. Just, just say it after me. I turn from my sins and I give you my life. Thank you, God, for saving my soul. Now, with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, I'm going to ask Pastor Jared to come. And and Brother John Boozer's here. He's going to lead us in a song. But before we do any of that, I I just want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today and you say, Brother Danny, I did pray to receive Christ, and I mean it, and I'm saved, and I want to ask you to do something. As an evangelist, as a guest preacher, I'm going to ask you, if you would, all over the Green Pines Auditorium, over the sanctuary, Would you just raise your hand up high in the air so we can see who you are, so we can pray for you, so we can encourage you? Anybody here today? Listen, for the first time, you invited Christ into your life. And you're not ashamed, and you'd be willing to tell tell anybody. Hey, listen, I know some of you here today, as I said a moment ago, maybe God's rekindled your passion and just put refilled your, your empty spiritual tank. And I want to thank Him for doing that for you. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
I thank you, God, for a great church in a wonderful area in this part of the country. I thank you for Pastor Jared and for the leadership, God, that is here, the lay leaders, the staff. And Lord, how I pray for them. God, that you would bless them, you would energize them, give them fresh passion and, and vision and wisdom, God, to reach this part of the world for you. Lord, I want to ask you to bless this invitation. When we stand to our feet and Dr. Boozer leads us in a song, Lord, I, I just pray that there would be no inhibition, no fear. And Father, there may be some soul that just comes and takes Brother Jared by the hand and shakes his hand and gives his hand to, to the preacher, but gives his heart to you, oh God. I, that's what I pray. And I pray.